Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Armando with Slide Tackle Podcast. Uh, we're going to be a podcast based around uh, footy and, you know, just trying to get the news out there of any weekly roundup, of weekend roundups, and any transfer news right now since it's the summer. Uh, with me today is my co-host, Eduardo. Hello, how are you doing? Um, so today we're coming to you live with our first episode on uh, June 24th, 2023. Uh, big day today in football because it's one of the GOAT's birthdays. It's uh, Lionel Messi's uh, 35th birthday. So, you know, we definitely want to start it off strong by talking about Messi. <laughs> so first and foremost, happy birthday to Messi, the GOAT's. Undisputed at this point now, um, and I'm saying that as a Ronaldo. But uh, happy birthday to Messi, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player to ever do it. Yeah, no, definitely. And with you know, I'm a fan of Messi and Ronaldo, you know, but I just feel like Messi because of the World Cup winnings like it's it's definitely cemented him as the as the number one and Ronaldo you know we're not going to say that he's that he's you know too far behind unfortunately you know with the national team he's had success not as great as Messi but you know individually he's been a player that's made himself not just born with a gift like Messi he made himself and that's you know something I appreciate that he worked hard to get to where he's at yeah, but with the uh, World Cup being over and Messi winning it, it's like there's a clear number one and a close number two. And again, uh, saying that watching Cristiano growing up, idolizing him, seeing him play with Manchester United, with Madrid, and seeing Messi with Barcelona, we're not going to count PSV because, you know, that's already at the end. <laughs> that's that, that, the latter part of his career. Yeah. But... Watching both of them growing up, like I always idolized uh, Ronaldo, but respected Messi, and you know it's clear that Messi is is the gold. He's he's the best in the world and the best in history. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, speaking on Messi, um, how do you feel about his transfer to Inter Miami? Uh, one of the you know most sought after transfer sagas that it was. Is he going to go to Barcelona? Is he going to you know go somewhere else? Is he going to go to Saudi Arabia? How did you how how do you feel about him uh, coming to the states? Well, like it's like uh, everyone said that the MLS is the retirement home for players. Um, I think Messi is no different. Um, I think he's gonna see out the last like two, three, four, possibly years of his career left here in the U.S. And but I feel that it's a good transfer just because it's like. Like the Saudi league, it's becoming like the Chinese Super League that it's just like, hey, we're going to attract the players with our money. And hopefully they actually get paid on like the Chinese Super League. Yeah, but, no, for sure. And they're just trying to attract the players with the money. And um, Messi, he was attracted by the money over here too, but it's like the MLS has been around for a while. It's growing and the soccer culture in, in America is growing as well, especially like we already have a big Latino population within the south of the United States, and it's continuing to grow. And I feel that Messi being here is going to help that. No, for sure. I mean, his contract is crazy too. Like, uh, 
you know, he there was a rumor before he got transferred over to uh, Miami that a lot of the MLS teams were trying to band together, you know, that they were going to have a quote unquote messy tax that they would, you know, the teams would pay because Messi would at least play against them once, maybe twice a year. So um, there was a, you know, pretty big rumor on that, but his, his contract right now is, is going to be crazy with the MLS that um, it's kind of going to be like the Beckham deal where he is going to get an option to own a team at the end of it, which, you know, that's amazing. I mean, as a footballer, I feel like your goal would always be to end up with your own club, you know, that you started from the ground up, stadium, everything like that. Um, so right here, I'll read you. Uh, his contract with uh, Inter Miami is a two and a half uh, year deal, which includes an option for 2026. The agreement is worth up to $150 million from his salary. And he also um, gets... Uh, a bonus and equity in the team. Uh, there was also a rumor that he was going to get some sort of percentage from the jerseys that sell, because obviously he's an Adidas lifetime athlete, and um, also a deal with Apple, which, you know, it would be cool to see a messy documentary coming out on Apple TV. Yeah, and I feel that that would be really great. Um, I remember those uh, Impossible is Nothing commercials with oh, yeah. Gerard Kaka and uh, Mim that they it was a cartoon on the box and they pulled part of their story that would be cool to, like that would be cool to go based off that that it's like a messy documentary including that just because it's like that's how messi kind of presented himself to the world as an adidas athlete with david gerard being one of the best midfielders in english history the best liverpool player ever Gaga being one of the best players in history as well and you're bringing up a new player, and he became the best in history. So it's like it's it's cool that uh, it kind of foreshadowed that. Yeah, no, and I think it would be cool if Adidas kind of brought that back too. That they did the the whole Impossible Is Nothing campaign again. Because right now I kind of feel like a lot of these brands they kind of just they became too commercial. You know, obviously. You know, us growing up and seeing those commercials, it was cool because you kind of got to see a little bit of background to your favorite um, footballer. You know, you got to see like Messi with his uh, growth deficiency and him talking about it as a kid. And then it goes to Kaká, you know, him being injured from his back and being told he was never going to run or do anything. And then, bam, you know, has that amazing season with Milan, wins the, the Champions League, wins the Ballon d'Or, like... It, it, I just wish they would bring that stuff back, you know, nostalgic. Well, I remember those commercials of um, the Spark and the Maestro. That it was oh, like yeah. a comic book for the, I think, 2010 uh, Champions League. Yeah. That, that was so cool because it's like, again, they showed Kaka's story of falling, being injured, and then coming back. And then, like, he's the Maestro of the midfield. Messi being the spark of the team that he can just light up. The opposition, Gerard being the powerhouse, does Gerard from forty yards. You know, like it was, it was just crazy. And that the fact that Zidane was the one looking for him, like that was like the coolest part of it too. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Like I really wish that they would like do that, that they would bring back like those campaigns, like uh, Impossible is nothing. The T ninety, the CTR. For Nike, you know, because like those Fernando Torres commercials were amazing. 
Yeah, no, and and that's why he hands down became my favorite player, you know, from seeing those commercials. Um, but since there's really not a lot of football happening, I mean, we're about to start the Gold Cup today. The U.S. is playing. Uh, Mexico plays tomorrow. Um, you know, let's let's kind of talk about what happened last week. You know, um, with the Mexico and U.S. final or semifinal. You know, it's definitely rough. Well, um, to anybody listening out there, um, as you can tell, we are Latinos. We're uh, we're uh, kids of Mexican immigrants, and we grew up watching soccer, watching football, and we support Mexico. We're not going to deny that 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 is our national team, and it hurts as as a fan to see how they got demolished by the USA. Like prop the US. Like, they played a very good game while we played a very bad game. Um, they did a very great job. And it sucks to see that all the corruption in Mexico, all the like, things that come from, like, the big TV broadcasting, like Televisa, like, that's what hurts the team because it's, like, the players that should be in there aren't in there. And the players that are there don't want to be there. Like Antuna, and it just sucks, man, because it's like Santi Jimenez is such a great striker, and he was a great striker for Feyenoord. Diego Lainez, like he needs to pick up some form, and what better place to do it with the national team? You know, working as a team. It's when Alvarez is a great CDM, the best in the league, and the editor busy. Memo Chua, legendary goalkeeper and everything. And it's just like, we have the parts to do it. It's just, we need the right conductor to do it. And I feel that uh, Jaime Lozano is going to do a good job, or I hope he does a good job, just because he's Mexican, like the fan. He was a player, and he understands what these games mean to us as the fans and to the players. And... Again, shout out to the U.S. for doing a great job in demolishing us because that was crazy, man. And then the same thing with uh, with with Canada. Diego Reina really turned up, which that was surprising because you know we you haven't seen him play in a while for Borussia Dortmund. I mean, I haven't really seen him play for the U.S. national team under Greg, but he he came up, he turned up. Yeah, I mean, I always remember Gio Reyna when with when he did that one dribble, uh, what was it, during the World Cup, that he just ran down that midfield and just everybody was trying to get him down and he was, you know, just getting rid of people left and right. So, um, you know, definitely want to wanna shout them out. Uh, with Jimmy Lozano, you know, he's definitely taken Mexico. He's been, you know, a player for, you know, with numerous clubs in Mexico. Uh, he was part of that national team from oh, from 2000 to 07, and then he began his coaching career. He recently coached the under-23s, which took us to the Olympics, mm-hmm. and, you know, they did their thing. So, I mean, I'm hoping right now he's the interim coach, but we're hoping that, you know, he, he brings that sort of want and grit out of the player, like like my co-host said. Um, you know, there are players there that it seems like they'd rather be doing something else or, you know, that are world-class with their clubs and everything like that. But when it comes to the national team, you know, the shirt does weigh a lot. There is politics involved, obviously, just like there is in everything. But, um, you know, 
as a fan, we definitely just want to make sure that Mexico is, you know, is back on top. You know, I, I, I as sad as it is, you know, it, the, the U.S. did demolish Mexico. We do want to shout out the U.S. as well because, you know, we, you can definitely see the growth in, in you know, that they've put into the academies, you know, the, the workshops that they do for to grow young talent. Because most of the, I think their average age was like 24, 25 or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, for Mexico, definitely older. Um, you know, that whole altercation with uh, Cesar Montes and then McKinney and then later on it was Edson and Serginio Des that Dest and... and um, Gerardo Ortega got kicked out like you know that that's not what we want to promote also you know with the fans and everything shouting stuff like people already kind of see us as the Mexican fans a certain way so we definitely want to make sure that you know we're we're not portrayed that way you know we want to make sure that people respect and also see how Mexico can play because you know there was a time there was a point in time when the Mexico team when the players actually wanted to play that they, you know, they beat that Brazil team in that Confederations Cup in 99 and stuff like that. Like, and then the fact that we got third place in Copa America those years ago, yeah. when in like 2000, something like 2007, 8, 9, whatever it was, like we got third place in Copa America and that was unheard of because we were just, in, we were invited, we were just a guest. Yeah. And obviously like, that for us is a big accomplishment because it's like we held our own against these South American teams who are known worldwide, like Brazil, Uruguay, Argentina, who Argentina, including Messi, have the most of before. But, you know, for us, that's a big thing. And I feel that we have the quality players to do big things. Like Chicharito said all those years ago, I can imagine Agnes Cosas. And you know, like it's true, and but we have to believe in the team as fans, and we have to have the confidence in the in the manager and in the players. As much as we may want to be like, oh man, this team they suck, they are not going to do anything. We have to have hope, and I feel that Jimmy Lozano can do it, and I feel that he is part of that era of players of Rafa Marquez that it would get you. Omar Bravo went in 2006 when we were, when we had like such a great team as well. But I feel that he can do something special because he knows what qualities that Mexico needs. Yeah. Especially being a, being a player himself. But it's sad because so many big names, they look at Mexico and they're like, the quality's there. They just need to fix their things up. It's like Xavi and Pep, they've said, I love Mexico, Mexico are cool, they can do it. They have the players to do it, they just need that extra little push. And obviously like politics are involved and everything, but it's like, I really wish that this would get fixed and Mexico could be one of the bigger nations in world football and people, instead of being like, oh, Mexico, people will be like, oh, like we're scared to play Mexico because they have a good quality team. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And I and I mean, right now the World Cup is going to be in North America. Like we, we're not going to have qualification. You know, like we're not going to play any qualification. 
mm-hmm. for the World Cup. So I'm thinking, you know, they're going to be playing friendlies, you know, against teams that, you know, probably don't even place, unfortunately, or whatever. But, you know, they definitely need to get the, the quality up for sure. Because, you know, as, again, as Mexican, it would it would be embarrassing to see them get out through the group stage again, you know, like they did this last World Cup. And especially because it's like, I feel that the problem, not besides everything that we've mentioned, Televisa and everything, is the fact that the league puts so much pressure on these teams, on the managers, in like a short spell, because like we play two tournaments a year, the Apertura and the Clausura. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if we were to just do a regular 38, like, uh, what would it be? We have 18 teams. 36, 36, 36 uh, we game uh, per league per season. Home and away, no league. I feel that it would give the teams the opportunity to hey, bring up the youngsters. Hey, we're playing Puebla. Puebla are in last place. Okay, America's gonna play some of the reserve kids, or Chivas gonna play some of the reserve kids, or hey, you know what? Uh, Puebla's in last place and Pumas are in mid-table. Like, we're going to give some of the kids some, like, some opportunity to play and get some minutes because we have a lot of talented youngsters in Mexico. And we can bring them up and really develop them. But again, we would have to change the way that the league is formatted and in order to give them the opportunity, because like I said, there's so much pressure within those 18, 17 games of the regular league and then the home and away of Ligue. Yeah, and, and honestly, I've always felt that the half tournaments like don't really benefit, you know, like they, they could have a, a, a good run in form, like, you know, four or five games and stuff. And um, all of a sudden, bam, it's hard to the playoff. And, you know, sadly, I feel like a lot of Mexican players do get hyped or inflated a little bit. You know, and that's just being honest. And I feel like the whole uh, relegation coefficients that they, oh, we go based off the last five seasons, I feel we should get rid of that, get a regular 36-game league per season, have a relegation zone of three teams and you know the next three teams in a sense why make is get the opportunity because it would be cool to see Cimarrones de Hermosillo come into the league or have Culiacán come back in or have Celaya come back in or something you know like it'd be cool to see a team that isn't regularly there make a little run or try to survive you know just because it's it's, it'd be entertaining because it gets boring after a while after seeing all the same teams all the time and that one team comes up and they last like two seasons and then they come back down and then the same team that went down two years ago comes back up. It's just dumb to me the way that the relegation works in Mexico and I feel that that should change as well because it makes no sense. And I feel that if they do want to do like a Ligia type thing that they should get uh, like Belgium. That it's like they get uh, one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. and they make them play for the trophy. Like, if you want to keep, like, a knockout stage of the tournament alive, then I would just do it that way. But for me, 36 games and new relegation zone would be perfect. 
see a lot of us input make these themes come up. Yeah, and that's actually something that Bale actually brought up, that he said that the MLS, since they have no relegation, the teams don't really care about losing. Like, if they lose, they're still going to have a secure spot, you know, the following year or the following season. So that too, you know, like if they incorporated that sort of thing in the, that sort of style in the MLS, you know, you could see like our local team with Phoenix Rising going up. You could see um, like, um, what is it? the new mexico team going up you could see the charlotte team going up and everything like that you know that there are teams that have had good seasons but unfortunately you know they they either lack the funds or they lack the stadium or they lack something that the mls won't give them the opportunity to be the next franchise you know and i feel that that's not fair just because it's like the MLS has so much money and the U.S. Uh, sports, like the sports sector of the U.S. has so much money. Um, we should have a relegation zone because it is true. Like, look at the MLS. How many teams we're going to have? We're going to have like th- around 30 teams like coming next season or something. That's a lot of teams, man. Like, that is a lot of teams to play. And I feel that we should have a relegation zone because it's like, Coming back full circle to the beginning of the podcast. Inter Miami are in 15th place in the Eastern Conference. And I think they're like the last place overall, like putting both of them together. Yeah. Messi's Inter Miami would go down at this very moment in time. Mm-hmm. And we would see like Phoenix Rising or Charlotte or somebody from the USL come in. Yeah. I think they should do it like the Bundesliga. How the, the last place team, team has to play a relegation playoff against the top teams, you know. Like, like I, I think, think it's either the third, third or the fourth place team in, in the second division to see if they'll either stay in their spot or if they're going to go down, you know. But um, I think we're going to call it here at this point. Um, it's been really fun. If you guys are interested, please remember to, um, you know, leave comments. We do have an Instagram page. It's Slide Tackle Pod on Instagram. Um, we're trying to get this up and running. This is a passion project for both of us. We both really love football. And we, you know, just want to share our knowledge and our thoughts with, um, you know, like-minded people, or even if you don't think like us, you know, just let us know. We can, you know, we can bring it up next week. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a good one.